Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, by Hamad Pant. A modern rendering by Monica Pinakanda. Guru Sai Jai Sai. Chapter 23 Allah Malik God is one God is the sole proprietor In reality, the jiva, the individual soul transcends the three gunas, the three qualities sattva, purity, rajas, activity and tamas, inertia but being deluded by maya, he forgets his nature. His true nature is Satchitananda, existence, consciousness, and bliss. He thinks that he is a doer and enjoyer, and so entangles himself in endless miseries and does not know the way of deliverance. The only way of deliverance is through loving devotion to the Guru's feet. The great player or actor, Baba, has delighted his devotees and transformed them into his own nature. We regard Baba as an incarnation of God for all the reasons already stated. But he always said that he was an obedient servant of God. Though an incarnation, he showed people the way to behave and carry out the duties of their respective stations in life. He never emulated others in any way, nor asked others to have something done for him. For him, who saw the Lord in all movable and immovable things of this world, humility was most appropriate. He disregarded or disrespected none, for he saw God in all beings. He never said, I am God, but said that he was a humble servant, and he always remembered him and uttered, Allah Malik, God is one, God is the sole proprietor. We do not know the different kinds of saints, how they behave, what they do, what they eat, We only know that through God's grace they manifest themselves in this world to liberate the ignorant and bound souls. If there is a store of merit in our account, we have a desire to listen to the stories and leelas of the saints. Otherwise not. Let us now turn to the main stories of this chapter. 
Only those who can digest onion should eat it. Once a sadhaka, a spiritual aspirant of yoga, came to Shirdi with Nana Sahib. He had studied all the works on yoga, including the Patanjali Yoga Sutras, but had no practical experience. He could not concentrate his mind and attain samadhi even for a short time. He thought that if Baba was pleased with him, he would show him the way to attain samadhi. With the same, he came to Shirdi. When he went to the masjid, he saw Baba eating bread with onion. On seeing this, a thought arose. How can this man eating stale bread with raw onion solve my difficulties and help me? Baba read his mind and said to Nana Saheb, O Nana, he who has the power to digest onion should eat it and nothing else. Hearing this remark, the yogi was wonderstruck and fell at Baba's feet with complete surrender. With a pure and open mind, he expressed his difficulties and received the solutions from Baba. He was satisfied and happy and left Shirdi with Baba's udis and blessings. Baba's words save Shama's life. Before Hamad Pant begins the story, he says that the jiva, the individual soul, can be compared to a parrot as they both are bound, one in the body and the other in a cage. Both think that their bound state is good for them. It is only when, by God's grace, a helper or guru comes and opens their eyes and liberates them from bondage that their eyes are open to a greater and larger life, compared to which their former limited life is nothing. In the last chapter, it was shown how Baba anticipated the calamity that was to befall Balasaheb Mirakar and rescued him from it. Now let the readers hear a story grander than that. One time, a poisonous snake bit Shama. His little finger was stung and the poison began to spread into his body. The pain was severe and Shama thought that he would die soon. His friends wanted to take him to the god Vitoba, where such cases were often sent. But Shama ran to the masjid, to his Vitoba, Baba. When Baba saw him, he began to scold and abuse him. He became enraged and said, O vile priest, do not climb up. Beware if you do so. Then he roared, Go, get away, come down. Seeing Baba red with rage, Shama was very confused and disappointed. He thought the masjid was his home and Baba was his sole refuge. If he was driven away like that, where could he go? He lost all hope for his life and kept silent. After some time, Baba returned to normal and became calm, and Shama went up and sat near him. Then Baba said, Don't be afraid. Don't care one bit. 
the merciful fakir will save you. Go and sit quietly at home. Don't go out. Believe in me and remain fearless and have no anxiety. Then he was sent home. Immediately afterwards, Baba sent Tatya and Kaka Saheb to him with the instructions that he should eat what he liked, should move around in the home, but in no case should he lie down and sleep. Needless to say, these instructions were acted upon and Shama got better in a short time. The only thing to remember in this connection is this. The words of Baba, the five-syllable mantra, go, get away, come down, were not addressed to Shama as it seemingly looked. They were a direct order to the snake and its poison not to rise up and circulate through Shama's body. Baba did not have to use any mantra, formula, charged rice, charged water, nothing. His words alone were most successful in saving Shama's life. Anyone hearing this story and similar stories will develop firm faith in the feet of Sai Baba. The only way to cross the ocean of Maya is to always remember Baba's feet in our heart. Baba sets an example. Once, cholera was raging in Shirdi. The residents were very frightened and stopped all communication with people outside the village. The leaders of the village assembled together and decided upon two ordinances as a remedy to check and put down the epidemic. The ordinances were that no fuel cart should be allowed to come in the village and no goat should be killed there. If anybody disobeyed these ordinances, they were to be fined by the village authorities. As Baba knew that all this was mere superstition, he cared not two bits for the cholera ordinances. While the ordinances were in force, a fuel cart came and wanted to enter the village. Everyone knew that there was a lack of fuel in the village. Still, the people turned the fuel cart away. Baba came to know of this. He came to the spot and asked the cartman to take the fuel cart to the masjid. None dared to raise his voice against Baba's action. He wanted fuel for his duty, so he purchased it. Like an Agni Hotri, one who worships fire, keeping his sacred fire alive through his life, Baba kept his duni, his fire pit, ever burning all day and night. For this, he always stocked fuel. Baba's home, the masjid, was free and open to all. As it had no lock and key, some poor people removed wood from there for their own use. Baba did not grumble about this. Baba knew that the Almighty pervaded the whole universe, so he never bore enmity or ill will toward anyone. Though perfectly detached, he behaved like an ordinary householder to set an example to the people. Guru Bhakti, following the Guru's command.
Let us now see how the second cholera ordinance fared with Baba. While it was in force, someone brought a goat to the masjid. It was weak, old, and about to die. At this time, the fakir, Bari Baba, was near. Sai Baba asked him to behead the goat with one stroke and offer it as an oblation. Bari Baba was much respected by Sai Baba. He always sat on the right hand of Sai Baba. Bari Baba first smoked the chillum, and then it was offered to Sai Baba and others. After the dishes were served, at the time of taking noon meals, Baba respectfully called Bade Baba and made him sit on his left side, and then all partook of food. Baba also paid him 50 rupees daily out of the amount collected as dakshina. Baba accompanied him a hundred paces whenever he left. Such was his position with Baba. But when Baba asked him to behead the goat, Bade Baba flatly refused, saying, Why should it be killed for nothing? Then Baba asked Shama to kill it. Shama went to Radhakrishna Mai and brought a knife from her house and placed it before Baba. But after finding out the purpose for which the knife was taken, Radhakrishna Mai took it back. Shama then went to get another knife, but did not return soon. Then came Kakasaheb's turn. He was good as gold, no doubt, but had to be tested. Baba asked him to get a knife and kill the goat. He went to Sate's water and returned with the knife. He was ready to kill it at Baba's bidding. He was born in a pure Brahmin family and had never known killing in his life. Though quite averse to doing any act of violence, he made himself bold to kill the goat. The people wondered when they saw that Bade Baba, a Muslim, was unwilling to kill the goat while this pure Brahmin was making preparations to do so. He tightened his dotar and with a semicircular motion raised his hand with the knife and looked at Baba for the final signal. Baba said, What are you thinking of? Go on, strike! Then when the hand was just about to come down, Baba said, Stop! How cruel you are! Being a Brahmin, you are killing a goat? Kakasaheb obeyed, put the knife down, and said to Baba, Your nectar-like word is law to us. We do not know any other law. We remember you always, meditate on your form, and obey you day and night. We do not know or consider whether it is right or wrong to kill. We do not want to reason or discuss things. But unspoken and timely obedience to Guru's orders is our duty and dharma. Then Baba told Kakasaheb that he would do the killing and offering himself. It was settled that the goat should be disposed of near where fakirs used to sit. While the goat was being removed to that place, it fell down dead on its way.
Hamad Pond closes a chapter with a classification of disciples. He says that they are of three kinds. One, ordinary disciples are those who go on postponing the carrying out of the Guru's orders, making mistakes at every step. Two, average disciples are those who carry out the orders of their master to the letter without any delay. And three, superior disciples are those who guess what their gurus want and immediately carry it out and serve them without waiting for an order from them. The disciples should have firm faith, backed up by intelligence, and if they add patience to this, their spiritual goal will not be distant. Control of breath, ingoing and outgoing, or hatha yoga, or other difficult practices are not at all necessary. When the disciples develop the above-mentioned qualities, they become ready for further instruction, and then the Master appears to lead them on their spiritual path to perfection. In the next chapter, we will see Baba's interesting wit and humor. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all.